0: Hey. Good mo- good afternoon everybody or whatever it is wherever you are. Welcome to Fake Dirty Cakes live at 5. Good to see you. Uh Speed of Light, nice to see you. Rocimus, good to see you too. Six, six, 666s, hey man, hit join. And uh, we'll get you on the chat. Thank you to everybody coming here. We're doing this twice a week now. Um where we are just going to use this time to chat with um some of our best and brightest and our friends and fans and all sorts of stuff. I wanna throw this hat on because my hair today is no bueno. So, uh, hi Ellie. Um, so, Brian from the 6660s is joining us here today. Now, Brian and I have a great origin story. Um, and Brian, I need you to, to hit the, um, you can hit join. I think it's in the lower right, maybe? Something like that, like where you can chat. Uh, You can also ask to join. Next to the comment, there's like a little box thing. I think there's something in there where you can ask to join the live. Um, Yeah. So anyway, uh, waiting for Brian to join. Uh, Hope everybody's been doing okay. Uh, It's been a crazy world out there. Um, But yeah, Brian and I have a great origin story, uh, going back many years now. Um, Let's see here. Is this it? Boom. Did I accept it? I see that somebody wanted to. Did I miss it? Oh, there we go, boom. We got it figured out. So waiting for the six six sixty. So now we're just gonna get the thing. Hey there we go. Brian, you there? We're joining in. Hey, I see a lot of the members of Speed of Light joining in. I can see you. There you go. I can hear you.
1: Headphones on.
0: You have I'm headphones. Not... Oof. yeah, you're kinda of, uh who I whatever let's see your connection's not great let's see what happens here people in the connection so we did this also with uh christina from same, the same screen you there yeah you're on the same screen as me we can chat with each other that's how this works fast fast, fast. So, uh, Brian, are you are you in an undisclosed location with bad Wi-Fi? What's that? Yeah, you're just all gone to me. <laughs> should I try
1: moving out? Should I try moving out? That's okay. somewhere else.
0: Sure. I mean, you seem pretty good now.
1: Yeah, I'm not. You keep breaking up on me, but why don't you ask me a question? Then I'll just answer and see what happens. You're getting heckled by speed of light. That's funny. I love it. Kids, kids. I'm afraid to get heckled by kids. Come on now.
0: What? Yeah. Well, you know, I was gonna say. I was. I was enjoying this thing that you and I have a great origin story at the Viper Room. Yes. Um, and if I remember correctly, you came to my birthday party, which was an ACLU fundraiser. Again, yes. Uh, also, this live, by the way, the all month long, our lives will be going to the ACLU. So if you feel like donating a penny or a pound, go for it. You know? Uh, yes. so yeah, uh, Dirty Cakes was doing an ACLU fundraiser. Uh, yes. We dollar match. And I think I was standing outside talking to Rick. And you came in asking like if the dirty cakes were gonna be inside, and, and I was like, "Oh, well, it's a free show. You can donate. Like, oh, it's a free show." And I didn't know who I, I didn't know it was you that I was talking to. Right? Yeah, not at all. So and you were kind of like, "Who the inside? I guess there's this show with this band. I don't know. But right. it's a free show. I'm gonna demand my money back." Like, I think mm-hmm. you already had some good jokes
1: going. I did. And then uh, you and I became friends and lovers. We spent a little time in Europe together, traveling around for a couple of months, came back. I was in the Dirty case so I got booted out because you thought I'd be better on like kind of a talking kind of thing than actually playing, and here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and um, you know, I'm, I, I do like the band, your band, the 6660s. Six, six, oh, you did. Oh, uh, yeah, Indeed. absolutely. I remember you um, gave me the record, and you're like, can you figure this out? And that was Ooh. a lot of fun. And then yeah before um, a Hawaiian tour that you had of uh, certain fun establishments over there. Indeed. Well, you know,
1: it, the 6, 6, 666s were a, um, you know, kind of thing. Um, now, some say they're reality, not reality. Uh, I'm unclear on it myself, and I was in the- well, I heard the, the music. It, 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 they're real. Yeah, well, the songs are real. The band members, though, I think most of them were in my head, I'm pretty sure. Okay I'm, fairly, okay. I'm fairly certain most of the band members and those photographs are in my head. I'm not sure they're actually real people. I think even the tours might have been in my head. My well, brother's a no, brother, graphic designer. He might have just designed the shit
0: or did it. I don't know. It's all kind of strange to me. I'll tell you this my, my good friend, Martin Atkins, who's a gentleman for Public Image Limited and Ministry and a bunch of other bands, he has this rec- uh, recording studio and record company in Chicago called Invisible Records. Yeah. And he has a great book called uh, Tour Smart. And also, another one called Welcome to the Music Business, You're Fucked. And he talks about this time that this band wanted to get a record deal. So, what they did was they went on a European tour and uh, they fucked up because one of the guys at like midnight drunk went to Ralph's to go pick up some ice cream and got busted. Mm -hmm. That apparently was not in Hamburg at that point in time Mm -hmm. and totally fucked shit up. However, it was funny enough that they turned it into a shtick and they got the record deal anyway. They got the record deal anyway. They got the record. We haven't had that much luck yet. Ah, oh, well, you know, you keep, keep, keep that. They,
1: they keep wanting to meet the band members and I can't get them all in the same room. Except well, that's, I that's,
0: that's, you know, uh, that's going to be difficult, but maybe now in the time of COVID, you can just have them all Skype in with different. You know, uh, yeah,
1: I would, but you know, I'm doing that other thing got going now that you did actually the six at six thing
0: yeah well i love that and and i was glad you brought that up so one of the things that you've done and there's a lot of people moving on in here by the way we've got people from all over the country checking us out ellie it was a great radio girl from san francisco we've got some people that did it like a week ago so we've got I've got people all over um mm-hmm. all that don't know brian uh did this as, as as these clubs closed down and so for what it's worth um Dirty Cakes was the last band to play at The Satellite, which is a really big local venue here in LA, the night before COVID. And then what happened was uh, Satellite and Brian and did this show called The 666, uh, which was six bands at six o'clock playing six songs apiece. Uh, No no audience, no amps, except for Susie, apparently. Except for Susie. Uh, and it was it was rad, and I mean it was awesome. We had spare parts of broken hearts, and you had Dolly, and uh, you had Mandela from uh, Ugly Sweaters, mm-hmm. uh, you had uh, Devin from Ramonda Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you had some really big you know, touring acts. It was Charlie from Dirty Cakes. Well, that that's also true. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, who I think uh, really brought it home. Well, if I yeah, remember, you did. Like, you did. A Black Sabbath, if I'm not mistaken, like, acoustic <laughs> Black Sabbath. I did play a little bit of Black Sabbath on an acoustic guitar in a very, uh, I think the set included Black Sabbath, uh, while some originals, it also included Black Sabbath, some Big Star, uh, some Nirvana, and um, there was one other one in there, I don't remember what it was. Um, but that's okay. Anyway. Uh, what well, the other thing is though, you do have it coming up. I just saw the flyer yesterday. So yes. what is, who's playing? Well, I mean, it's got a really good line. At
1: first on Monday is going to be Speed of Light, and this is their first acoustic set ever. Oh. Ever. Now They, they were, they were hesitant they at first to do acoustic, playing? but they're like hitting it now. Huh? How many members of Speed of Light are you going to be playing? Well, three, because they're uh, brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers. It's okay. They're going to be in such cl- close proximity got to each that's, other. Got it. Yeah. Okay. They right. share a
0: team pool, so they they're count right. as one.
1: Correct. And right. they're living with all stuff. So they're on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, I think it's uh, Leandra from uh, uh, Graves and Bad Weather. OK, OK. Which is, which is a great band for name. I like it because I like Graves. I like Bad Weather. Put the two of them together.
0: Boom. What, what can you go wrong?
1: What can you go wrong? Uh, uh, let's see. Wednesday, I think is, uh, who's Wednesday? Oh, I know. Uh, Nicole Kiki uh, Jaffe. That's this a hell of Solo performer. She's fantastic. And then after that, I think it's uh, Jason from The Birth Defects. Oh, doing an, an acoustic show. set. How is The Birth Defects going to do an acoustic show? Uh, I'm very excited about it. He says he's dusted off some old stuff. He's great. He's, and he's very stoked about it, which is great. And then after that, it's Greta and her husband, Robin. Again, two people who live together. Uh, from She's from Well Hung Heart.
0: Gotcha. So oh, they're,
1: they're great. Yeah, great. And then I just, I asked the guy from The Cunts, and retox and dead cross michael uh, crane i just asked him a, a, a lark if he wanted to do it and he said yes so he's closing out this uh, the thing on uh saturday i'm stoked about that it's gonna be great like i you know he, yeah I don't, yeah i don't know if, for those who don't know their stuff the, those bands are pretty aggressive so it'll be interesting to see him yeah, do solo acoustic have like
0: the you have like the guy from several hardcore like yeah. like like yeah hardcore bands that that should be well i'm excited i'll actually understand the words this time Instead yeah exactly yeah of trying yeah. to uh storm off in circles Mm-hmm. Do with those shows it'd be really interesting to see if you can get melted bodies in there too that'd be fun uh-huh maybe next time yeah maybe next time yeah and also some something else besides that and that, uh, when's that happening that's next week yeah so it uh, starts monday with speed of light again one more time first acoustic set ever First acoustic set ever from the like, Los Angeles' very own Speed of Light, everyone's favorite family bands. Yeah, they're amazing, and I've heard some of their stuff. I swear to God, friggin' great, like fucking I'm, great. I'm stoked. That, yeah, that sounds like it's gonna be pretty rad. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm excited. Is it all originals and covers? Uh, no, they like, do originals, and, originals and covers. Okay, okay. Yeah. So
1: they're doing two things they never said they would do: one, acoustic, and two, is covers uh they
0: decided to give it a shot and they're very excited about it well, i'm looking forward to that those kids are those kids are great I, I know yeah. that i'm not saying that just because i know that they're watching like it's always great we all <laughs> don't know about uh speed of light it's uh oh sister and two brothers all in their teens i think she's a teenager now so we can say they're all teenagers
1: yes she's a teenager
0: uh, She's 13. yeah squeaking in under the wire uh, and, uh, over or whatever, and, uh, did just super high energy, local bands, uh, really want to see a record from them, but I know that they have live footage coming out and stuff and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, it's something to give faith in, to the future of humanity, I, I would say at least mm-hmm. yep. I was playing nearly that enthusiastically or, you know, festivals when I was that age and, uh, nor do I have a brother or a sister. So it was just me playing really bad music to a Casio drum machine, plugged into like a computer keyboard next to my television while, you know, uh, Saved by the Bell was on. So... <laughs> <laughs> nice. When did you That's start playing? My... How old are you when you started? I think, well, when I first started playing guitar, I stole my dad's 12 string that he had under his bed and he was playing in the church band when I was eight. Mm-hmm. And then... I uh, got my own acoustic guitar. I went halfsies on one when I was 12. And then when I was 14 in ninth grade, I built an electric guitar in Woodshop. And uh, then I uh, worked around enough to actually get another. Here, I'll show you. I have it. Uh, This is a guitar built in Woodshop in ninth grade. Shut up. Oh, my god. (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic I took the neck off of a fender squire supersonic one of the greatest guitars i've ever owned the squire supersonic not this one but yeah uh walnut uh the the cable wasn't long enough to why i didn't know how a jack was supposed to go so i just put it right there i think these strings have been on here for 15
1: years well have you played that recently live at a gig no i haven't i
0: have not played it live recently although i do have a nice dan electro sticker and then I've got the old school uh, DOD grunge pedal, parental advis- advisory explicit noise sticker, and it's wow. actually blacked in there. And then yeah. uh, electronics for my very first big muff, and uh, I used washers from 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 uh, the plumbing class or whatever uh, to keep nice. the from falling through. But I don't think I've ever restrung this guitar, so the original. <laughs> 1998, 99, wow. uh, yeah, 98 strings. So it's like a bass, you know, they mm. lasted almost as long as the strings on my bass have. Right, exactly. <laughs> yep. um, now you guys have something coming up, right, Charlie? Yeah, we do. Dirty Cakes guys you... Yeah, we just did... Um, we did a music video shoot for a song, photograph, as well as a song, resist. And we have a new record coming out uh, where we're gonna have Ernie from Body Count gonna do the guitar solo on resist. We just had our friend, uh, we just had our friend, Fusby do a uh, solo um, for our cover of Nine Inch Nails and Bowie. Uh, where we also bring in a little bit of uh, the Guess Who. And Fuzzby's rad, uh, first off, he's like one of those guys where he's the best musician in the room no matter what he does, and it's obnoxious. But he Fusby was um, a guitar player in a lot of, he was like the hired gun for a lot of people from like Lou Reed to Rick Ocasek. So like, he's just one of those wow. crazy guys. And I met him Tuesday nights at the canner's room where he would come out and play flute. Uh, so he's just, it's obnoxious and uh, yeah, he's amazing. And, uh, so We have a couple other really cool guest stars on that record. And I'm super stoked about it. Uh, we went out to ranch with uh, Dave Catching, who's actually going to be on the show on Friday. We're going to have Dave Catching from Eagles of Death Metal and Rancher De La Luna and Masters of Reality and all of that. So I'm super stoked. Hopefully we get this record out soon or at least the music mm-hmm. video. But I know we're already in We got what? Well, I know we're already can't play. We haven't even released the damn thing yet, and I've seen radio stations all over over the last week to start to blast it out. Well, wow, fantastic. Hey, can I tell you a story about a flute?
1: Please, yes. I, I love ta- tell- about flutes. I'm gonna tell you how old I am. I saw Jethro Tull, I think, on their first stop ever in the United States. When he, when uh, Ian Anderson wasn't even obviously he was playing flute, but he wasn't the leader of the band at that point. It was this other dude who went on to form Bloodwind Pig. I saw them in '70. Oh geez I don't know seventy two uh no no uh seventy maybe nineteen seventy at wow. the Boston Tea Party, Jeff tull yeah. The Boston Tea Party? Is that a was yeah. that a club? Is that uh a... It was a club. You know, it was really interesting back then. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day about that. Even when we saw Zeppelin or whoever we uh, we saw, uh Janice Joplin, blah blah blah, everybody sat on the fucking ground. You went to these clubs like the Boston Tea Party later became the arc or oh, the other way. Anyway, you and I saw like uh, Nice, which was uh, Emerson's band before Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah. All kinds of bands. Everybody sat on the floor. That was just a thing. I mean, it wasn't like people watching or doing. It was uh, like these people
0: just sat on the floor and watched these bands play. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because you you hear about the changes in music experience. And Becky Rec, who we've got to have on, mm-hmm. even though she's in the band, we got to have her. She yeah. tells a story about like basically the time that they brought like moshing and like crowd surfing and stuff to philadelphia and yeah. like the crowd at a bad brain show and shaking hr and you can see footage of her like 15 and then like some big black dude like like it's crazy to think that there was a period of time where somebody just was the first one to do that oh yeah yeah, yeah right we're at a right. show i mean to be fair jethro tell sitting up is almost more effort than i feel like i could give it <laughs> <laughs> like the right way of experiencing that music. Uh,
1: you know, but that but, what you did, nobody nobody was moshing and pushing it. It was just, you. yeah, you sat down, you know? And sometimes people stand up and people go, hey, sit down, sit down.
0: Down in front.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to watch Zeppelin down in front.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm trying to picture people watching Zeppelin. Like I get, like I've seen footage, of, you know, we've all seen the Woodstock movie, right? Where they're all yeah. out there. And they're sitting down and dancing around, but I get it. Like you're on hard drugs for three days in the hot sun, you haven't eaten food, and like you have dysentery. Of course, you're going to be sitting down. I mean, I don't know if it was dysentery. I'm just going back to all my Oregon. Sure, why not? Trying to figure out what's going on. But that that makes sense. You'd be sitting down. But the idea that I'm trying to think of it as a performer being on stage with an audience. Like I hate playing places with seats. I, when I saw it the first time, I missed. I had a chance to see Zeppelin at
1: the Boston Tea Party before. Uh, there was their second stop, and I couldn't get anybody to go because nobody had heard of them before.
0: Did you tell them, "Hey, it's the new Yardbirds"?
1: I mentioned about the Jimmy Pitt and blah, blah blah. I couldn't get anybody to go. When I saw them the second time, the album, the second album had, hadn't had come out yet, but you could buy the album at the show, and it was uh, uh, the uh, the guy, M- Magoo's, McGee's, oh, fuck, and Johnny Winter uh, oh. opened up for him. And uh, yeah, you sat in your chairs and watched. Nobody was standing
0: up. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Like, I, like, as much as a live performer that has come up in, like, hard rock and punk mm-hmm. and, and heavy metal, to think of an audience basically passively sitting back and clapping, yeah. like, I'm crazy. footage. Like my favorite footage of back in the day is watching, like, Chuck Berry sing my ding to, like, all those, like, British school children. And they're all yeah. just sitting like this. Yeah, right. Like, off time
1: and shit. You know- you know, the other thing is that because the first time I saw uh, cops in front, I think it was a, uh, early Jefferson, either Lake Jefferson Airplane or early Jefferson Starship, there were cops in front of the stage. Before that, you, everybody, you could walk right up to the stage, put your hands on the stage, no matter what show it was, unless it was too high. But there was no barrier
0: ever. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like but a couple... Jefferson Starship, I do think uncontrollable crowd, it's a danger. <laughs> it's early, early, it blows against the empire
1: that's a good album hard stuff no but well anyway they were the ones the first time i saw the
0: cops in front yeah before that never never that's no cool. i love hearing about this stuff because it's like you have to have context for what's going on right because like right constantly tell people like you're only as good as who you steal from you have to understand where things came from
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right
0: and right. like to, to understand that I love the idea that you couldn't convince anybody to go see a Led Zeppelin concert. They, <laughs> no, yeah. Couldn't
1: do it. Couldn't do it. That <laughs> was, was supposed to be a legendary concert, too. I think it was their second stop or the first stop in Boston. Some guy wrote about it afterwards. I think the Boston Free wrote about it, The people were weeping because nobody, sonically, nobody had ever heard anything like Zeppelin before. That's what people forget about. Putting aside the music and the performers and stuff, a lot of these bands, sonically, Nobody heard anything like Zeppelin. Jimmy Page should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just as a producer. The sound of that band was unheard of. Also the sound of Bonham's drums were unheard of. Compare that album to like, at the same time it came out, Jeff Beck's Beckola.
0: I'm sure, yeah. It's just, sonically, it's just different, you know? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I ever compare that stuff to that's in the same age is might be some like a piece type drumming. But even, like, the Vanilla Fudge, like, you have to wait for him to be in, like, Rainbow before, like, it even gets yeah. close. Yeah. But I'm just going to go back
1: for a second. Put, putting aside where music came from, it's also where sonicness came from. And when certain bands came along, not when people say they hadn't heard anything like it before, I think what they're referring to is sonically, it was just so different than anything you heard before. It was just like, because Zeppelin got a lot of bad reviews in the beginning from the you know, the regular press didn't like. They thought they were like a bunch of, uh, did they, they think the Coretta Van They what? Sh- huh? van Fleet ripoffs? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They just thought it was shitty blues. And you know, and uh, but you know, for us the kids who had heard it was like, what the fuck is that?
0: You know, it's great. Sonic. Yeah, that's crazy to think about it. You know, oh, oh funny thing about the history of sound, sonic quality, yeah. equipment, yep. and what. Too. funny story for those of you that might be engine guitar nerds or something like that mm-hmm. uh, let's see if i got this here i can make this work okay so LaCroix. right so right here i got a tech made 50 right yeah. now let's pretend this is a marshall or something else the reason that you have an eight a four and a 16 ohm outlet on the back right yeah mm-hmm. so the reason that that happened Mm. So Marshall was the company that was building the PA rigs for all the clubs, not just yeah. me, but around the world. They were a PA rig company. And so basically what happened was because they were built around PA rigs well, people generally had to run longer cables for PAs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh And so because the cables were longer, it was adding ohmage. It was adding um resistance to the signal. So if you have a four ohm speaker and you add one ohm of resistance from running a hundred foot cable, that's a 25% difference. That's very large. The resistance. Right? But if you have a 16 ohm load and you add one load to it because it's a hundred foot of cable, very little difference. Mm. Then what happened is when you make a speaker, the reason that um they made speakers that are generally four ohm speakers you put four of them together as a four ohm or 16 ohm cab is because the cost of copper after world war ii in england mm-hmm. it was more expensive you have to put more copper into a 16 ohm speaker than a four ohm speaker mm-hmm. so the reason that most amps were 16 ohms was because that was how you got the least amount of that's how you can handle the resistance of a long cable and it allowed the speakers to be the cheapest pieces that you could but in america nobody gave a fuck about it and four powerful so all the fender amplifiers were forums and then somebody had to figure out how to make that work into a marshall stack but nobody could do that which is why American uh speaker companies why america had to make all of their own speakers why we have all the great combo fender amplifier oh. basement was invented because fender amp couldn't fit into a Marshall cab because they didn't have the same cost of copper after World War II.
1: Now, have we lost everybody who was watching us?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I
1: think we're pretty good. How about speaking of the resistance? Yeah. Can you see,
0: see, see the t shirt? I see 8649. 8645. Yeah, have you seen the thing, what is it, 86-45, or something like that? Like somebody made this oh. license, the whole damn- oh, nice.
1: Thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I haven't seen it, no. no. Now, you, you have a thing where you talk to a lot of different, uh,
0: where you talk to people who disagree with your point of view, right? Yes. Well, I would say I try to open up lines of communication with those that don't necessarily, would not open themselves up to it otherwise, and often yeah. they did and we've done hours of live, of video footage like this, chatting with um, you know Trump supporters and other people that don't really give a shit. And have you changed anyone's mind? I don't know that we've changed anybody's mind. I think we've reinforced uh, prejudices that people have. <laughs> what I think more than anything is while I'm not changing the mind of any host, I think what's great is that we are allowing viewers to see the explanation of their ideas from both sides and you humanize the opposing value system. So now if we think of anybody that disagrees with us as the enemy and as evil, it's gonna be very hard to understand them as people and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And if you don't open up that line of communication, then you're only creating more division. So even though we're talking with people who we don't necessarily agree with, who have a completely alternative version of a definition of fact, opening up that line of communication can be interesting and fun, but also I think is ultimately really valuable because if we ignore them entirely, then they're never going to change their minds uh, or never be able to um, have a realization of uh, questioning the legitimacy of their position. Right. Like in the, what is it? Uh, well, anyway, yeah, they're not going to con- question the integrity of their reality, which I right. think is. Open- Question. So let me ask you a question, keeping that in mind in terms
1: of uh, cha- talking to somebody who completely disagrees with you. So what's the one band that you feel like if someone doesn't like, they're just fucked? There's something wrong with their, how they're taking in music? It's like, you're, it's like no, you're just fucking wrong
0: if you don't like this band. Oh, band man. Is that? I could say the Beatles, but I feel like that'd be, that'd be a cop out. I could say the Stones, but I actually don't like the Stones that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, um, if you don't like them, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Ramones. Because oh. <laughs> and it's built on American surf and bubblegum pop.
1: Yeah.
0: And in an aggressive way. So it's my father who grew up on the ventures and Dan and Dean and, oh. you know, doo-wop can dig it. And if you're a heavy metal person you can appreciate it and also really like it and the orchestration and arrangement of the vocal melodies is something that a jazz musician could appreciate uh, okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just say, i just say honestly god if i had put top 10 bands over overrated i'd say the ramones i just i mean i saw them a couple times back there. i loved watching them back in you know back when they started the shit, but I just I can't listen to a full album straight through. There's just no way. Oh, sure, sure. But so I mean I just feel like that how, and they I mean they got a couple of good songs but after that I'm just like okay, you know, whatever. And I I mean in some ways it's kind of fun that they never changed. but then the same token I'm also like what the fuck, man? Take in new information and kind of try new shit and see what happens. Why, I just you, I just,
0: they, I just you, feel like they're over. I feel like uh, they're overrated. You can say the same thing about Van Halen or ACDC or Motörhead yeah uh, motorhead definitely i mean you've heard one song you've heard them all but like right. when i tell you guys hey right you and i have gone to shows together and you're like hey what do you think and i'm like well, i like that one song we just have to right. play every five fucking minutes right um great people and we won't name them but they probably don't know who they are um and i definitely get that vibe like i saw motorhead live and like the reason it was super exciting was because i heard overkill and I heard. You know, Ace of like I heard all the songs that I knew, but yeah, they were pretty much all the same. Yeah, so right. Hey, the people disagreeing with them. What are they saying about the Ramones? Uh, it's well, nothing yet. I I've got a hey guys. Let's see. We can scroll through. Not uh, a lot of questions. Anybody else out there think the Ramones are overrated? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Let's let's put yeah. that. In. We got. I'm going to take a note on that because I'm going to put that in the description of this live feed.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely ramones operated and now i'll tell you you know
1: um you know i saw them with the uh at Amsterdam, uh the talking heads opened for them
0: the talking heads opening for the ramones you know I, 70 uh I, 76. would, would be 76. stunned to know that that was a lineup because they don't feel like like talking heads is in like the punk aesthetic but well they were considered punk back then yeah i'll, I'll tell you rick the bass player for dirty cakes taught me a yeah. lot about um Oh, you got you got backing up. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. Uh, the Hiroshima Music. Who, by the way, Brian, you should you should talk to them. They got a they got a great interview. Uh, they got a great uh, podcast. I just did it this weekend. Okay. Uh, it says, in my opinion, they're perfectly rated. Let's see. Uh, Jill says, "Yeah, I'm gonna say now. I never heard of them. Do you mind telling me more about them?" And Soul Void says, Ramones only got faster the older they got. Well, I will agree that they got faster because they changed the drummer and the 32-minute set became 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. Same set. Um, but if you don't know who the Ramones are, I would highly recommend you get on Netflix and you watch Rock and Roll High School and um, enjoy the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so learning about how like these bands we don't think of as being punk bands all kind of came from that location, you know. Yeah. And, and there's so many bands that people I don't think like I think of so many bands people don't classify as punk rock, but are totally insane. Like to me, Beastie Boys that was a punk band. Yeah. Really as they got into the uh, you know hip hop aesthetic, but like their early stuff—they're playing all the all this music, like the the. the 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 Beastie Boys went on tour with Madonna, mm-hmm. back oh. at the punk band back in the day, and the fourth mm-hmm. member of the Beastie Boys couldn't go on the tour, so he dropped out of the band and started the Grand Royal Record Label, and now he's just known as not the dropout from the Ramones, he's just Rick Rubin. Oh, is that right? Rick Rubin was it- the other Beastie Boy, and he couldn't make the tour with Madonna, so he dropped mm-hmm. out of the band. Wow. Which is like He was close in as much, much as people he was... sitting down at the uh, Zeppelin show. He was <laughs> he was in the band? Yeah. God, weird. Yeah, he was a beastie boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know, like right. I'd love to see him spit some bars, but it makes a total sense now, like why he was so <laughs> capable of doing everything. Right. So what what band do you not like that most people like? I mean, I think the band that I have the least amount of admiration that is universally loved would probably yeah. be the Stones. Yeah. Where's I think going? the reason that the Stones have a really good hour of music is because they've been a band for 40 years. Yeah. Um,
1: I saw them uh, when uh, Guns N' Ro- Roses opened for them uh, oh, yeah. in, in LA, like in 1989, I think, 90. Uh, anyway... I oh. like the Stones better than the Beatles growing up. So I had never seen it before. And I was like, oh, well, what the fuck, I'll go, you know. It's just shocking how many good songs they have. It just keeps going, you know. It's like, it's like they have a remarkable catalog. It's, I, they play more than an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. It's like, every song's like, holy shit, there's a lot of, they wrote a lot of good
0: songs. Maybe you know? it's those bands you have to see live. Like, I've heard so many people become Bruce Springsteen fans.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. A show, And They're like, holy fuck, now I'm a fan.
1: Right. My wife h- hates Bruce Springsteen and for my birthday uh she got tickets a while, a couple of years ago whatever. And he was doing the River the whole and she doesn't even know that uh, album and do- hates Bruce Springsteen. Can't stand the way he sings. Hates the way he looks. She just can't stand it, you know. Anyway, by the end of the show she was like, "Okay, I'm a fan." It was just like she was, you know, and never having really heard the music before. Yeah. So be- I think to become a fan and be like kind of like a lot of people who haven't seen him don't get it. He's just live, whatever the fuck a performer has, he has it. And the show, dynamically, just it goes to so many different places. It's almost the exact opposite of the Ramones, you know, a band like that with just one thing. It's just up and down all the place. It's intense. It's this. It's that. It's just like every color in the rainbow of intensity or non-intensity is part of the show. For, and I think people who haven't seen him are probably sick of people like me saying how oh, great he is. But I swear, my wife's a good example. I fucking hated him. And
0: then saw him and was like, okay, now I understand. You know? That's, yeah. You're not the first person that has told me that exact same story. I, my right. buddy, his wife was a huge fan. And he couldn't stand them. But he had to do it for work because he works for Hard Rock. And he saw them and he got to meet Little Stevie because he was doing an interview with Little Steven for Little Steven's Underground Garage for Hard Rock. Mm. And uh, was like, holy shit. Like, I yeah. took Thirty years to avoid this band, and then all of a sudden, right. I see live, and he won't buy their music, but it will definitely yeah. go and play. Right, 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 right. What was go. the What was the last big show you went to? The last big show. Yeah, man. I, you know, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Like, there were several shows that I wanted to go to, but I couldn't make. Like, I had tickets to King Diamond, but I couldn't do it. I think that's a really good question you know i think uh i should have a better answer than what i i'm trying to think of the last time i really went out to see big shows because i did so much into the local stuff
1: right right yeah Uh,
0: but i think i would say man i don't know Mm -hmm. like i'm trying to think of stuff and i'm getting like Cal jam from two years ago or like weird al yankovic at the uh hollywood bowl or Mm -hmm. alan at the hollywood bowl I got got tickets for uh, Deftones
1: to see uh, to see them in August, right? And they just came out. And they su- they're switching to September, which I'm like, well, that's optimistic. Very, <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> very optimistic. I was like, okay, sure, I'll go yeah. with that. But yeah, from August to September, maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Uh,
0: have you seen yeah, them? Have you se- I, ever seen them? I have seen them. I saw. I went to the show once and I saw the Deftones. The opening acts were Godsmack and then yeah. Puddle of Mud. Yeah. Um, but, man, Deftones are amazing. I still to this day say that I don't feel that they are appropriately appreciated. I think people... I them, I but I think that the Deftones are one of the top... I would say if I had to go for 90s bands in rock and roll, I would say that they're in top five for me to enjoy listening to and probably top 10 as far as influential are concerned. Right. Maybe and probably top, top 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 three of not being appreciated enough. Oh, yeah. Definitely top three not being appreciated. I mean, you'd be stunned. Like, I, I think people know White Pony. They probably know one or two songs from Around the Fur, but they didn't really, it didn't hit them in a way that really meant something, you know? Right. And, and other other bands, somebody, Soul Boy just posted this thing up was STP. I think STP would be another one of those bands that is, wildly underappreciated because everybody's right. like not alice in chains or nirvana or right. in a slew of other bands but man, stp kicks ass i saw them play twice and the brothers in the band they're amazing it's, i it's, agree yeah he's a great scott's a great or
1: well, was a great performer yeah. yeah yeah do we have any questions we need to answer here Godsmack, somebody says puddle of mud yay love them yeah deftones
0: Oh, somebody asked, uh, what was the last show that you saw before lockdown? Well, I was on stage the last yeah, dirty Cakes. So I would say the last show that I saw was Garbage, uh, Dirty Cakes, Fatty Cakes, and then Princessed. Um, but uh, I also saw a show like earlier that week. I, I think I played three shows that week. So pretty much all the bands I saw were that sh- were, were local bands that I saw. But I'm trying to think. Who played the last set at the Satellite that night? uh Princessed. oh so uh, yeah yeah. so they were the last ones uh which was a great show mm-hmm. um they were a lot of fun um yeah it's funny that we we didn't get get on it but i think now that we've got we got a couple people in here and we're 40 minutes into an hour 40 minutes into a, into a live feed but i think um for the people that do make it this far and i'll tease it in the bio but would you mind giving a little bit of an insight to the history, the fun history of people's, of people my age, our childhood, of which you part, you happen to be an integral piece. Not for me because I didn't have that; I, I had no idea till the way after I met you. But I think there's a really awesome bit of history for you. I was funny; I was looking through all of your stuff and I found you in the, uh, in the old outfit, we were holding the board that said "fuck Trump," and clearly that wasn't part of the uh-huh. kitchen. But
1: um, I'm, I'm unclear. What,
0: what are you asking me? So you were a part. You used to effectively be co-workers with Ringo Starr.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was on a, uh, a kid
1: show called Shining Time Station with uh, Ringo. It was, it was a Thomas the Tank thing. And then they built a full show out of it on PBS with Didi Khan, uh Ringo. Then after that was George Carlin. And I was on that show uh, for a while, worked with Ringo. Um, Great guy, really nice. Uh, I asked him one time who his favorite favorite drummer was, and he goes, am of (laughs) course." And he he was just really really nice, you know, just a really great guy. And we were shooting, and then he came in to shoot his part. Once he got there, we had to, um, the security became insane. I mean, they they knew who we were, but we had to keep showing our ID and shit to to the person at the desk. And you know, it was all blocked off and shit. And if we didn't have our ID, even though they've, <laughs> we've been working there for three months, they had to call somebody down and do the. And I really? took a, tra- yeah, and I took a train with him. I think from Los Angeles to New York, or maybe Chicago to New York. Anyway, um, everywhere we went, or everywhere he went, I should say, when I was with him, there were always people that knew he was going to be there and were looking for autographs and shit. It was like fucking weird being a Beatle. Like he'd be in a hotel, and there's always people outside that got word somehow that he was going to be there and one thing signed or looked at where we go in pictures and stuff like that it was pretty pretty weird that, he, that and we landed in New York at Grand Central on the train it was just fucking packed with people looking to you know
0: hang out with Ringo that's crazy yeah i have seen him around LA i've seen him in some rooms where like he gets the respect like people leave him alone and stuff but like, yeah got to be insane to be a beatle who you knows <laughs> apparently apparently for a lot of drummers think he was a really great
1: drummer even though his drumming at first glance seems relatively simple but yeah you know, he, he had the right jump to it or whatever you know and he had that thing it's like uh mick fleetwood seems like a really simple drummer too you know but sure. whatever that whatever that he's got that thing that just moves that band along and, and you know ringo was the right drummer for the beatles i'm not i can't speak um articulately about why he was a good drummer per se but uh, you know, good good drummers think he's a good drummer. Yeah, I've I mean,
0: never heard any, like, I don't think I've been a good enough Beatles fan to find, like, demos with Pete Best, but I have no <laughs> idea <laughs> what it would be. And you see bands change with, like, a drummer, like, you hear, like, Nirvana with, uh you know, with, 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 before Dave was in the band. And, like, I couldn't imagine Fleetwood Mac without Mick Fleetwood. Oh, yeah, right, right. I mean, they went through basically almost everybody in that band got swapped out except for him. Right. More or
1: less. I mean, he, make, he makes that that band, uh, I don't know, jump or whatever. Even there's,
0: he uh, just got that thing, whatever it is. Got that thing. I mean, yeah. Animal, who's my favorite drummer from Motorhead, um, like I, I immediately know within 30 seconds he's the drummer on the record. Uh, like uh, he's just, there's, there's a thing there's a thing to it. Just like, I don't know what it yeah. is. But it's amazing. I, yeah, I, yeah have that like signature thing. And it's usually what I find with those is that it's not the person that like overdoes everything. Like, you know, when Bonham is playing, I mean, yes, because it's a Zeppelin record. But if you are just cuts of Bonham playing without the rest of the band playing, you know, immediately, like, yeah. that's Bonham. You know, speaking of that. It's that foot. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the musician that does that thing better than anybody else yeah. is, I don't know if you ever heard this, but there's a Jimi Hendrix box set of all the stuff he did before the experience. And like when he's just like a guy playing on the records and stuff. And like when he was in Little Richard's band and got kicked out because like he was doing the show and stuff like that, um, which is a great fucking thing. Like if Little Richard says, hey, look, you need to calm the fuck down, uh, then you're pretty good. <laughs> but you can hear like 1963, 1964 when he's fresh out of the military. and like. Three notes into his so like, Oh, shit, that's Jimi Hendrix. Look at that. Right, 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 right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You can see that stamp that people have on things. I gotta get close. I gotta plug in for a second, okay? Hold on a okay. second. Uh, keep yakking. Ooh. We're getting into the, uh, we're getting a sneak peek into the underground lair of the 6660s here. It's my, I'm in my garage. You're in your garage? Oh, yeah, okay. Gotcha. The, gotcha. the lighting
1: was just, uh, yeah, this is the garage.
0: I, okay. cleaned it. I, okay. cleaned
1: it. I cleaned it out a bit today, knowing that might be on might be on camera. There you go.
0: There you go. <laughs> so, you know, with all of this stuff happening, what have you been doing with your time these days? I mean, I don't know what you did with your time beforehand, but I'm glad sure had more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, you know, it, it seems like I'm always busy, but the thing of it is what, you, what should take a day takes a week. So that's why it feels like I'm busy. It's like my time is filled. I'm just moving at a, a, re, a remarkably slower pace. Gotcha. And because it just feels like, well, I don't have to do that right now, do I can wait till later. So, um, but I, I was going to a lot of protests for a while there, and then it just felt like uh, maybe I should stop, um, just because of the the virus thing, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was weird, like. I, the same thing, like I didn't actually go to any of the protests here in L.A. Uh, I mean, I flew across country to be there in the, in the Million Woman March, like the day after Trump was elected, right? Like I had my and I scored a hat like on the train, on the Metro, you know, going mm-hmm. in from Franconia. And, and, and I mean, I've been in all of the things. Given the like virus and stuff, like I went out on my bike and I was like, you know, driving around, um, you know, with gas pedal on, gas on one hand and the phone in the other, just like taking footage of everything. And it was right. It was crazy. Like I went over to um, like over by the Grove and down Melrose Ave and stuff like that. And I went I, to I, a bunch of the, the. Some of the smaller ones are okay
1: because you kind of be on the outside and still feel like you're part of it, you know. Yeah uh, the bigger the bigger ones are a little bit weird because of I don't know but I I miss going to the it's kind of um interesting being feeling like you're part of it and uh, I know it's, this shouldn't be what it's about but with the smaller ones um I feel like my presence is important because it, there's not that many people there so one sure. person matters Well, when you're in a thing that's got like you know 10,000 people out or, or whatever it just feels like well, it, they're not going to miss me if I leave
0: I hear you I hear you yeah I, you know it's and I see them all around still. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's uh, one over by uh, 33 taps that's happening like every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, there was that big skate one that happened yeah. from Vista down right. to uh, down to Echo Park. Right. Uh, I'd love to give a big shout out to uh, Instagram account at Queer LA, mm-hmm. who has been really helpful in promoting us. And, and but. Um, they like daily will post like where everything's going on. And it's crazy that like right. the idea that protests are happening every day all over the city has just become something that like we don't even really notice anymore. I mean, it's uh-huh. been what, 45 days since the first protest in in, in in LA? 47 days since the first hey, protest. Hey, is there a, uh, I'm sorry for being ignorant here. Um, is there a song that's
1: sort of a, or a couple songs have become like uh, the soundtrack of the resistance or the the whole thing going on, you know? is, it, is there? Has a band come
0: out with a song that's like, that kind of hits what's happening? You know, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. to be fair, I think everybody's referencing Body Count and NWA more than anything. Yeah. But nothing new, huh? Nothing new. The stuff from 94 is still doing it. I don't think anybody's going back to like, Buffalo Springfield or CS5 <laughs> protest. Right. Um, well, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. I had a question. Well, you no, know, it's I mean, fine. And, you know, I think it's interesting to see that I've seen some people write songs about being in quarantine, but I haven't seen anybody right. doing stuff about the actual protesting or what's been going on. I know I was going to ask you. Um, it has to do with what we're
1: talking about. But in terms of new okay. songs, so I haven't been driving that much. The other day I drove and I was listening to like, you know, regular car thing, you know, uh,
0: K-Rock,
1: main- 95.5, 93.1, 92.7, whatever, all the, the rock stations, right? Sure. I was driving right around two, three hours. I did not hear one fucking new song on any of those stations. I was going back and forth for a couple of, they, nobody's playing anything new. That has guitars in it. I, I just it's unfucking believable. Well, oh, if you're a ba- if you're a band and you want to get you know oh I have a dream that I'm gonna get on. which K Rock's not gonna play you. Just K, does K- no. Rock playing. Uh, um, uh, today actually I had to do drive um, on ninety five point five. Oddly enough, yeah, which is hey, old stuff. I heard them play one new song. And they had to make a big deal about it. It was a special section called, here comes a new song section, or whatever it's called. Right, which, right. Which speaks to how fucking dire things are that you have to announce, hey, we're playing a
0: new song. woo hoo Yeah. Don't I be mean, freaked out that, like, our 12-song playlist on the classic rock right. station, we're going to put something in between. Yeah. It's, it's uh, disheartening. Well, I think, yeah. And, you know, that's what's really happening with the centralization of radio stations, right? Is that... Yeah. You're just not getting anything that isn't being promoted by those very big dollars. And to be fair, I think that oh. ether, that rock and roll, that punk aesthetic, that all of that stuff is happening in different genres of music now. Like, I mean, right. I, I think the new punk rock is all of this like, there's there's this like really interesting version of hip hop that's coming out that's really fucking punk. Yeah. And, I think that's taking over a large piece of it. I don't know if you ever watch YouTube as like a source of information, Mm -hmm. Uh, not political, but like historic. Uh, But there's this great channel called uh, Punk Rock MBA and something worthwhile to check out. He goes way into that stuff too. But Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like the only places that guitars are being featured in any new music is coming out of like chad rock country music where you're getting like florida georgia line who mm-hmm. to be far bigger than any rock band is these days but right but why is it that uh, a market as big as los angeles
1: there's not a station that basically plays all new music i don't understand it i, I, mean, I we have the, we have a lot of rock stations so people like rock and roll yeah in los angeles there's clearly a big local scene going on and people you know w-
0: why is it not a radio station playing fucking new shit? I mean, I tell you, I, 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 I don't know. Like what I do see is K, uh, is it KLBP down in Long Beach is yeah. doing good stuff, and, and you know there's some really good shows. Walter and Fonz and Moonkill Radio. I mean, I'm not going to list them all. Those are just the people that played our music. Right. Okay, so like I, I, I know them, uh, but yeah, KXLU is doing some cool stuff. Uh, there's KCRW. Yeah, people are feeding into here, which right. is. The, honestly, like, you got to be a certain genre or a certain thing. Like, I, I think there's, honestly, like, the, the the market is so large, but there's also this thing of, like, there's no space in the frequency for, like, a local radio station that could do that non-corporate thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, KXLU for my bedroom, and I can hear KCRW, but half What's the time... It- but hes your W stuff. They, they'll only have a
1: certain couple hours of like rock. Then they do other stuff. It's, I'm talking about a station that just like like K Rock used to be. Yeah, you know, ten years ago, whatever. You know, you well, they played mostly new stuff. And then you know, because of Foster the People and whatever the fuck, all these other bands sort of come along and fucked everything up with their, you know, <laughs> what's that Canadian band? Uh, not Foster the People. What's that big Canadian? Uh, uh, Fire, fire, Arc Light, fire. What's it? Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. Then they she- fucked everything up too, you know. Yeah, K a- Rock's idea of a new song is something that the Foo Fighters did twenty years ago.
0: Sure. Yeah. They're like, hey, we got the new hit. It's from the Arctic Monkeys record from five years oh, ago. Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We got this new smash hit. It's from this brand new record by Queens of the Stone called Rated R. Right. So and, why and- don't we start? do we? Why do we Why don't we, pull, why don't we we'll ask for some money from
1: the people now? Take a couple of dollars, we'll buy ourselves a radio station. Okay. And we
0: play local stuff. No, just new stuff. Doesn't have to be local, just new stuff. Yeah, that's you all. know, you know, that's a good point. Um, just new stuff. I don't know if you know this, but have you ever been to La Cida on Friday nights? And La Cita on Friday nights has this night called uh, Angry Hour. And it's like a four-hour happy hour. And they, the guy brings in pizzas and stuff. It's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he does also a show out of Boyle Heights, and you can basically only hear it in like the Boyle Heights area. Yeah. My point is, mm-hmm. I feel like we could cover the Los Feliz, Silver Lake, Echo Park, Atwater Village, uh, you know, east of Hollywood, north of downtown, not quite Glendale, Pasadena. Yeah. I feel like we could throw up a transponder and make some stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. Enough music to do it and it doesn't all have to be local stuff. Well right? I'm saying I mean there's
1: so many great bands in Los Angeles, there's so many great bands that, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, San Francisco, everywhere there's great bands. And there's, yes, there's I mean, a lot of fucking great music. Nobody's hearing it and there has to be an audience for it. I'm positive. I you you would like to have a station
0: that you listen to and it was all, all you know, new rock. Be, it's be rad, awesome. right? It's awesome. I remember when I was um in Florida, I was a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like a whole mix, but I did make primary, you know, I, I did feature new bands. And one of the things I would do is any band that was coming through town, I would make sure to like blast their stuff out and get tickets away to their shows to make yeah. sure that, you know, it was bigger, um, like, or if it was at like a local club, say like I was on the air till 9 PM. Right. So I would have the band come in basically after sound check. I was like 15 minutes from like the strip. So like they could sound check at like six or seven come back to the station chat with for like half an hour and then go back out to the radio or go back right. out to the and the radio station fans were always going to these local shows and so like maybe it was like a thursday night or a friday night or something you were guaranteed to have some baked in goodness right and right. if it's like if you had the same thing set up for like whoever's doing the residency at the echo or at the satellite or you know, any of those things. I mean, I think it'd be super awesome to have that kind of support. And to the point of like, is there ability now, given our technological advancements as a society, to effectively do that? And I don't know, because there's something about terrestrial radio that is bigger than what the internet can do. Mm-hmm. What's, what is terrestrial radio? Like FM, AM. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yep. I was in FM and AM radio DJ and then I moved to Sirius XM and like it was very different. Like nobody listened to my show when I was in Sirius XM even though I had like, you know, I was on the air to like, you know, a couple million, I think I was on a radio station that had like 1.5 million listeners on the shows that I was on. Wow. But well, that's what happens when you're in like the brand of radio I was in. But like nobody I knew listened to it. Right. So it was like this really weird thing that like... um you know, it had this weird disjoint, like, there was no, you know, immediate impact of what was going on. Did, didn't um,
1: 95.5, it, like, in the uh, early 90s, wasn't that like a metal station?
0: Before? Locally,
1: LA? It was not. Lo- it was just, they played metal, like... Um, I don't know, I moved to LA in, like, 2012. Yeah, 90,
0: 95.5 used to be a metal station. Because I remember when I first moved to my first six months to L.A., maybe my first two months in L.A., I remember calling them up because I knew the trivia answer and I got concert tickets uh, for... Oh, shit, who did I get to see? With Marty Schenker on guitar. Um, Son of a bitch. But yeah, like it was old school heavy metal.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was rad. Yeah. Here's what I used to do as a radio DJ, for what it's worth. When I used to have my show, I would have bands come in, and we also had the book of, like, con- you know, concert tickets, right, and everything right. else. I would do shows that basically, like, all week long, I would promote the shows that were coming up. And then on Friday, I would do themed shows. So it would be, like, a 90s party or, like, a whatever, you know, whatever the theme was, yeah. right? And then if you called up and you had a song that was better than anything I had in my playlist, I would give you anything from the ticket. So I remember, like, giving 30 uh-huh. tickets on a friday like 45 minutes before the show started this some like insurance company because some guy called up and was like oh yeah you didn't put squirrel nut zippers on you're like what, you know whatever the thing was right? right 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 so rad to see that stuff you know but um i have to say we're at one minute and 30 seconds remaining before we're going to get shut down by, well, by, okay, by El- quick, quickly so the bears the barbershop Yes, please. Let's
1: get to the the, the MC. Well, anyway, if you even Echo Park, I'm, they closed, they just closed the barber again, the barbershops again. So, George's haircut. Uh, yeah, but looks great, by the way. George's, uh, the American Barbershop in Echo Park, I think it's closed again. I'm not positive, but if it's not closed, get your haircut there. Support George, the uh, American Barbershop. Uh, we did bands of the barbershop. It's a fucking great place, great stage, great bands are playing there. George, the owner's awesome. He, he loses money. He loses money actually, having, as I do, having people uh, play there, you know, which is awesome. That he does that opens up his business. So if you can support him, it'd be great. Um, and hopefully, when this gets over, we'll be able to do bands at the barbershop. Again, I was hoping to, no Echo Park Rising
0: this year. No Echo Park Rising. No local music festival. No. No, 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 no I, festival. I, For those of y'all that don't know what's going on with Echo Park Rising, but Brian uh, started this thing. With the 666 and I remember when it was just starting, but basically taking a PA rig into a barbershop and having fucking punk rock and rock shows and like right. having at all Rudy's stuff. at Rudy's first. What's that? We did it at Rudy's first, it first. First. no longer exists, right? And uh, they went under, Well, I did, uh, yeah, did. no, no, one. no bands playing, no more haircuts. Uh, Is it's that- now some other thing. But uh, oh, anyway, wow. we got like nine seconds left, so anybody that's just joined in, sorry you missed the whole damn thing, but this is Brian from the 666. He's Brian, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Charlie.